0: You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nada as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I think we've got all our technical issues out of the way and we can do our podcast now.
1: Here's hoping you, for a Monday. People,
0: don't, people have no idea that amount of technological heavy lifting we have to do in the background, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, today we are going to talk about market indices and what it means when people ask how the market's doing.
1: So it's interesting because there's several of them, and a lot of times we get kind of caught in this comparing our own portfolio to what the market's done today. So if mm-hmm. you're watching the news or looking up on finance or the Wall Street Journal or something along those lines, I'm sure those are probably things only nerds like me do. But at any rate, at some point, you're going to run into, well, the market's up today. And yes. so you would assume then that your portfolio is up and it should be up comparably. And that's not necessarily always the case. And also... If, the, if you hear that the market is up, it depends on what market they're looking at, what indice they're looking at.
0: So a little detail on, on how that's done, I think, uh, I think we'll do people some good. So the best known market index is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and it just turned 125 last week. I don't know if you saw oh. that or not. Yeah, happy yep. Happy yep. birthday, Dow. Right, right. Founded in uh, 1886 by uh, Charles Dow, who was the uh, editor of the Wall Street Journal at the time. And so they wanted a way to measure how the broad market was doing, and he came up with a formula. And in the early days, it was just a handful of stocks, but it is now, it's still relatively a handful of stocks, but it's 30 stocks. I believe it was 12 when he started it. So it's 30 stocks and, and it's calculated by adding their prices together and then dividing by a factor that they use, a formula that, that they use to get the average. Right now, that formula, if you want to get real nerdy about things, is 0.152 that they divide the prices by. And that formula changes when stocks do spinoffs, and do different things so that changes their market capitalization. But uh, I think the key things for most people to realize about the Dow is it is just 30 American companies.
1: Yeah, so a, a relatively small representation when you think of how many
0: publicly traded companies there are. Right. Yeah, less than 10%. And uh, I remember um, one of the uh, folks I worked with way back in the beginning of my career, people would get all excited about what the Dow had done on a particular day. And he would just say, Relax, it's only 30 stocks, and you probably don't own any of them. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which he's been a little tongue in cheek, but his point was pretty well taken. It's not necessarily a good measure of how a diversified portfolio is doing, but it still is the most prevalent thing you see in the news. The market's up, the market's down based on what the Dow has done that day.
1: Yeah, for whatever reason, the uh, media really runs with the Dow. I'm um, not sure exactly what's behind it. I'm sure somebody out there knows, but i um, pretty sure it's tradition, you know? Yeah. So, you know, not a good reason, which makes sense, um, <laughs> but it is what it is. And so when you hear, you know, the, on the local six o'clock news when they do their 20 second market segment, that's usually what they're
0: quoting is what the Dow has done. So so it's just 30 stocks and it uh, it does change over time. You know, as as the economy evolves, they'll add some companies to the Dow and take other companies away. But it tends to be your older, larger, well-established and well-known companies: McDonald's and Walmart and 3M.
1: So overall, probably not a great representation no. of a portfolio that you have, unless you happen to own these thirty stocks. It's probably not a good comparison for what your portfolio did in any given day. Mm -hmm. Um, So so definitely something to consider when you're watching the news and you hear that the market's up or down. It doesn't necessarily translate to what your portfolio has done.
0: The next best well-known index is the S&P 500. And as the name implies, it is the uh, 500 largest American companies as measured by their market size. That's put together and monitored by Standard & Poor's. Thus, the S&P 500.
1: So with 500 companies, obviously a much broader measure of the market. Um, We've got a lot more things included, a lot more sections and industries than we do in just 30 stocks. And and probably part of that was to get a better representation of the overall market. Yeah,
0: it's it's what's called a cap-weighted index, which means that the bigger a company is, the more influence it has on the price movement of the S&P. Which is an interesting thing. I don't think most people realize, but in that spectrum of 500 companies, like the, the largest 10% of those companies actually account for 90% of the price movement in the & P 500. So even though it is a broader representation of the market, the ship is still really steered by a handful of very um, very large companies.
1: And we saw that a lot um, in the last couple of years with what's going on with the Fang stocks, the Facebook, Alphabet, Mm -hmm. Google, Netflix, really doing very well and kind of dominating what happened with the S&P 500 last year.
0: Yeah, so you can you can get in a situation where the top few companies in the S and P five hundred are positive, and the index is therefore positive, but the vast majority of the stocks in the index could actually be negative. And so again, you know, if you don't own a broad basket of those stocks, you may you may actually miss out if you're you know depending on what part of the Standard Pores five hundred is doing well. So it still isn't a Perfect. And I, well, as you'll see as we talk here, you know, none of these are perfect measures of the market. But right. you know, we use the S and P five hundred a lot professionally. It tends to be the index that most money managers, most American money managers, are compared to. You know, if you're picking stocks and putting together a mutual fund strategy, usually what you're compared to is how how did your performance compare to the S and P five hundred.
1: Right, yeah, and that's that you know conversation of index funds versus actively managed. And you're right; that's the benchmark for a lot of these mutual fund managers: is can you beat the S and P 500, and can you beat it consistently? So the
0: third largest by renowned anyway market index is the Nasdaq Composite, and it's also the largest of the ones we've talked about so far in terms of the number of stocks involved. And so it is a measure of about about 3,000 stocks that trade on the NASDAQ over-the-counter exchange. And um, it still is a capitalization-weighted index, so bigger companies make make more of an impact. Interestingly enough, about 50% of the companies in the NASDAQ are tech companies. Mm -hmm. And it first really came into prominence back in the late 90s when Everything with dot-com at the end of the name of it was doing really, really well. And then NASDAQ outperformed the Dow, which was the stodgy old economy in the S&P 500. That was a stodgy old economy. Everybody wanted NASDAQ stocks.
1: And you kind of see it when you look at, you know, if tech companies are doing well, if the industry is doing well as a whole, you'll see the NASDAQ start to vary you know, somewhat dramatically Mm -hmm. from the S&P 500 and the Dow. We've seen a a little bit of that in the last couple of years for sure.
0: Yeah. So, so those are the three, like if you're, if you're driving home from work and you turn on the radio and you get the market report, usually they'll talk about the Dow, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. And, you know, it, it, it gives you an idea of how your portfolio is done, but none of these are a perfect measure. And in some days, you know, you'll you'll. It's not uncommon at all. In fact, recently, I think it's been more common where you'll have a day where the Nasdaq is positive, but the S five hundred is negative, and the Dow might be in the middle, you know, depending on mm-hmm. depending on uh, on which little group of stocks did well on a particular day. And you know, keep in mind that uh, for most investors you're in a broadly diversified portfolio that's going to include international stocks which don't show up in any of those three indexes and right. for the most part you know most of our clients anyway have you know short-term bonds and mid-term bonds as well as international stocks mixed in so it's not necessarily like you can just look at uh, how the how the dow did today and expect it to correlate into how your portfolio changed for better or for worse
1: it's definitely one of those where you have to kind of be careful to some degree because you can get really wrapped up in, you know, well the indexes are up or the market's up. And mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean for my portfolio? And keep in mind that when you are listening to the news, you're only hearing what happened that day. Yeah. And that's pretty much irrelevant to your portfolio unless you planned on selling the entire thing <laughs> or a portion of it that day.
0: You know, so for better measures, you know, you can There are indexes for indices for small company stocks and emerging markets, and you can kind of build your own benchmark to fit your portfolio if you want. I don't think it's particularly useful. Personally, I think the uh, public would be better served, though, if the news focused more on some of the broader indexes like the Russell 3000, which is 3000 stocks from across small, mid, large, and all sectors, or the Wiltshire 5000, which is... 5,000 stocks gives you a little bit better broad idea.
1: Yeah, well, and keep in mind, that's why, you know, the news sometimes does what it does is because they want to, they want you to watch. (laughs) And so what might be a better representation of the stock market as a whole might not be a better um, selling point for them as far as, you know, volatility or things of that nature. But again, you know, they're giving you the daily quote and, in all of my years of listening to the news and even you know CNBC, MSNBC, nobody ever gives you the 5, 10, 15-year averages, which really make more sense as far as you know portfolios and long-term investing. It's always what's happened today or what's happened in the last hour or the last five minutes, which really doesn't do you any favors paying attention to it because,
0: A, you can't control it, and B, it's going to change in five minutes, so you shouldn't get How you use the indices... I think is an important factor to consider. Yeah. You know, we've always said, and and you get this kind of talk from us a lot, that it really doesn't matter how you did compared to the Dow or the, the NASDAQ or the S&P it's, did you reach your goals, you know, and how much risk, right. you know, do you take the appropriate amount of risk? And did you reach your goals in, uh, you know, uh, everything else will pretty much take care of itself.
1: And and like we said, we use these as a tool. We kind of keep track of what's going on with the market, just from the standpoint of making sure that if we have a bad day on the market, our clients aren't freaking out. And if they are, we can have a conversation with them about it. Um, but that, you know, as far as watching the market, that's at least as much as I do. And there are days when I don't look at all. Um, (laughs) So, but <laughs> well, you know, what, I, and what I would tell people too is when we do our investment committee review, we have, you know, our portfolios and we try to find an, a group of indexes that closely match the portfolio so we can have an accurate comparison, not one of these more popular S and P five hundred or Nasdaq indexes. We're we're trying to mm-hmm. find a good baseline for measurement because it is kind of important to know where you measure up, but you have to find the right measurement. Yeah.
0: well, yeah, I think there's a difference between um, a uh, typical, you know, retirement investor obsessing about how the indexes do, and our job as investment management uh, advisors using benchmarks to measure how the models that we're recommending are behaving and uh, you know we do all that like you said on a uh, as part of our due diligence process we use the uh, MSCI all world index pretty much all inclusive index to uh, as a proxy for the stock market and then we use the uh, what's called the Barclays aggregate bond index as part of the bond you know, how we measure the bond portions of our portfolios and we mix those together based on how they're mixed in our particular models to see how those models compare. Because by using that really super broad index, we're basically saying that how much you put in small caps and international, those are choices that those managers are making when they s- construct those models. So anytime they deviate from that whole market, you know, that's a, that's a management decision that we need to measure. Right. Exactly.
1: So, and if you're, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you're doing some of the investing on your own, you would want to know an accurate representation of the choices that you're making versus what the broad markets Mm -hmm. are doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Or if you're not sure how your money manager is doing, you might want to have a a similar outlook of something to compare it to where they theoretically should be showing you some sort of comparison. So.
0: Yep. Yep. You know, there's a lot of uh, online tools out there that you can use to evaluate mutual funds and money managers. And I believe most of those still default to the S&P 500 as the benchmark that they compare things to. Morningstar's, Morningstar has developed a few of their own indexes too for managing or for uh, right. comparing how fund managers do. So just be aware of what, what, what you're looking at and how that's being
1: used. Morningstar has its own rating system that's, you know, used as kind of a easy system for easy consumption for everyone, you know, it's a star system. Um, and, and so there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and, and just because you're a five star fund doesn't necessarily mean that's the right fund choice for you. Um, so you just really got to, you know, be aware of of the information that you're getting out there and, and have a plan going in and making sure that not only can you create a portfolio, but also you can track it and make sure that it makes sense for the long term.
0: Along with uh, measuring por- performance based on index performance, um, the other major use for indices is to create index funds. So funds that basically track that index that's kind of a handy thing. Like if you know you want to just invest in emerging markets across the board and not have to uh, worry about how a stock manager is picking you know, particular stocks, you can invest in the MSCI uh, Emerging Markets Index um, or the uh, S&P 500 Index. And uh, there's, there's funds out there for all of these now.
1: Yeah, very, very commonly um, found. Lots of different um, investment firms have these index or passive funds. Definitely important if you are investing in one of these to understand the index and understand what you're trying to get.
0: So the main takeaway is when you hear you know, the market is doing a certain thing based on the radio report on the drive home, just remember those indexes that they're using are going to be just a limited slice of the market and they are capitalization weighted. So sometimes you get a f- couple of stocks really making an influence on the, uh, on the uh, change in the index without it really telling you what the broader market's doing. And it doesn't necessarily say much about your portfolio. Yeah, and,
1: and also remember it's just what happened today and that's probably going <laughs> to change relatively quickly. Right. Um, so, you know, put too much stock in it. If you want to know what direction the market's going in today, great. But, you know, take it with a grain of salt of, you know, if you're a long-term investor, it really shouldn't have a effect on your portfolio.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, uh, we can, uh, we we can, uh, always glad to get questions and, uh, we can get as nerdy about this stuff as people want us to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, reach out if you have questions on this or kind of how you are tracking your own portfolio. If you need some assistance with that, um, give us a a shout. Uh, Email us at info at srbadvisors.com.
0: Great. All right. Well, thank you, Nick. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com. And contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at